Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. This program is the second of a two-part series with Mendocino County Sheriff Tom Allman, recorded on August 8, 2011. We continue our discussion about causes and consequences of marijuana in Mendocino County. You may listen to Part 1 with Sheriff Allman on our website, radiocurious.org. We begin Part 2 by replaying the last portion of Part 1 when Sheriff Allman describes the moral dilemma with which law enforcement is confronted. If we go into somebody's garden and they have seven plants, and I say, why are you growing seven plants? And they say, because I have to sell this to make my mortgage. That person is just admitted to a felony. So, and I, I don't know if anybody has ever said that to me. I, I had a situation in, in Laytonville many years ago where I arrested a woman for 25 or 30 plants. And she was getting money so she could buy false teeth. Well, I, I think there's a, a moral dilemma uh, in a situation like that. When somebody cannot afford false teeth, for the you know they cannot have as good a quality of life as say I am, and she says, Tom, I don't smoke it. I just have to get twenty five hundred dollars so I can get some false teeth. Well, you know what to um, to people who are saying all marijuana, you know, is horrible, terrible, awful. I, to that, those people, I would say, well, listen. Would you rather this woman? We go after this woman who's growing marijuana to get false teeth, or would you rather us go after the person who's growing marijuana so he can buy his third Porsche or he can spend his winters in South America and, you know, get his money in the summer and take all of his money out? And and I think that even a hardened conservative would say, well, of course, we'd like to for you to go after the big drug dealer. So that's the discretion of the extent to which you as sheriff enforce the law. No, I, I, I don't. Please don't put words in my mouth. I, I'm not saying that's a discretion. I'm saying those are moral dilemmas that law enforcement officers are put into on a regular basis. Do you have conversations among your deputies as to how to resolve those moral dilemmas? Well, um, I, the answer might sound very egotistical, but what I've told deputies is, I want them to enforce the law the same way I would enforce the law. The people voted me to be the sheriff. And if I'm not violating any law, and and if the people have said, we're satisfied with the way that you're leading the sheriff's office, I believe the people are saying, you know what, we like your ideals, uh, we like your morals and your integrity, and um, we're not saying that everybody, you have to have a bunch of clones working for you, but for your basic morals and integrity, we'd like for your deputies to act similar. So do you give your deputies the seven plant and dentures example that you just gave us? Well, I've given that example to many people, you know, including many deputies, because it, it speaks volumes to um, decisions that law enforcement officers have to make. Felonies are not usually discretionary. But it sounds like this one may be, seven plants for dentures. Well, and that was 20 years ago, too. Well, how about yesterday, if that were to have come up? If it were to come up, let's deal with it if it were to come up. I'm going to assume that if it were to come up yesterday, somebody would say, I have a recommendation. Barry, listen, it's not but a the surprise. the recommendation is for personal use. 
And this uh, example you used from 20 years ago, the woman said, I don't use it. I need it to be able to chew better. I, I understand it. I understand. But, but we don't have that anymore. We have Because medical recommendations are so easily obtained, and easily obtained is an understatement, people wouldn't tell me they're selling it. People are saying... Tom, my back hurts. That's why I have the seven plants. But that goes back to what I to why I'm calling the medical marijuana laws a charade. And and that's that's absolutely your opinion. It's it's your radio station. Do you agree voice. with that opinion? I'm going to. This is what I'm going to how I'm going to word it. The medical marijuana laws are written in a way that allow people to abuse it very easily, and obtain what they what they want to obtain through false pretenses. So then let me ask you this. If you had the authority to rewrite the laws, what would they say? With all due respect, Barry, I'm not going to answer that. Because? Because my job is to enforce the law. And if people said, if people said, well, you enforce the law this way because that's the way your personal feeling is, they might have a legitimate... No, I'm not asking you to change how you enforce the law. I'm asking for what your thoughts are on what the law should be so it's more equitable and safe for our community. And we don't have the national forest problems that you were talking about and all of the other related crime problems that you've mentioned. The biggest change I would make would be, and you and I have talked about this before, in California there's 58 counties. And Proposition 215 is written so poorly that it, it actually allows for each county to have their own marijuana law. And I would have a consistent law in California. So the three C's, they would know what the, courts, the, the laws are. The courts, the citizens, and the cops. And if the courts and the citizens and cops all understand what the law is, then we were, we're going to have that magic situation, that two words, magic situation, called voluntary compliance. It's like your 65 mile an hour analogy. There you go. We're going to have voluntary compliance. People are going to listen, this is why they're going to want to voluntarily comply. And I've been a cop for 29 years. I'm thick skinned. I know this. You ready for this? People do not want a uniformed law enforcement officer at their house. Most people. There are some people who please, you know, say please come in and have a cup of coffee. But most people do not want law enforcement at their house. And why is that? Well, I, I think it's um, it could be related to many things. You know, no. First of all, nobody likes being told what to do. What if, what if you had? Uh, would you feel um, embarrassed if somebody walked into your house and they saw a recycling can of you know three hundred empty beer cans in your house, in your kitchen? I'm not saying you have that because I've seen your kitchen. You don't have that, but that's an example. That would be. I don't want law enforcement in here because they're going to think that I drink too much. And they're going to have this impression. But really and truly, we don't. So I, I want to stay on track here. If people know what the law is, it's clearly explained to them, and they voluntarily comply, well, the chances are very good that a uniformed law enforcement officer is not going to be at their house. And honestly, and I, I'm sure there's some cops out there listening who are saying the truth is we don't want to go to their house. We have other things to do. Law enforcement wants to catch the bad guys. We want to catch the meth dealers. We want to catch the domestic violence violators. We, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on an investigation, and let's say commercial marijuana, that a jury is not going to convict on. However, 
if we don't do it, if we don't go after these people who are abusing our land and, and trying to make millions of dollars, I think that's when we're going to see the influx of the federal agents coming in saying, you know what, Sheriff, you haven't been doing your job in here lately, and we're going to do it for you. And I, I don't think that any sheriff is going to say that's a good thing. I'm, I'm friends with the federal government, you know, and, and I welcome their assistance on many cases. However, there's still a constitutional reason to have a sheriff in charge of his or her county and the enforcement actions. So when you say you're working with the federal agents and taking it back to the example of the work that you did in the past several weeks in the national forests, part of that is perhaps a control or an effort to keep them from coming in and doing their own flyovers and doing their own raids here in Mendocino County? Well, um, not the biggest reason. The biggest reason this is a... The environmental mess. Well, but this is a United States piece of property. It belongs to the United States Forest Service. And we've been doing what we call the ping-pong theory for a long time. And the ping-pong theory is each county would chase the marijuana growers up to their county line, and they'd go over the county line, you know, the, the growers would, and the county would say, well, we won. Well, nobody won, because the next year, the other county would chase them back over. And so that's why when I started this operation back in December, I asked the five other sheriffs, guys, can all six of us agree that we're going to take that pencil out? We're going to erase the county lines, and we're going to have one common goal, and that's to go after environmental damage, to reduce the amount of marijuana. And think of that. In three weeks, Barry, in three weeks, over 632,000 marijuana plants were eradicated. Did you have any objection among the other five sheriffs? No. People said, let's do this together. So then let's take that, the expenditure of money from your department to go to the national forests to do the work that you're doing there, and compare that to the battle that you're having with the Mendocino County supervisors on getting funding to have enough deputies on the streets outside of the National Forest. You asked about federal resources earlier, and the federal resources came in to these six sheriffs to say they were going to pick up, pick up the expenses above and beyond straight time. So we were still paying for salary and benefits, and the federal government was picking up the overtime and logistics. So that's a decision that you made in cooperation with the other five county sheriffs and the federal authorities. But those uh, deputies who were receiving straight time and benefits were not able to be on the streets at night in Boonville or Covalo or other remote, more remote areas. We where didn't reduce the staffing. In but the you rest didn't of the increase it either. And that, I think, is an issue in our county to have. Uh, uh, 24 hour, 24 seven availability of deputies. We don't have 24 seven. Well, that's a problem. Some people well, say. Okay, but we we haven't had 24 seven long before we decided to go up into the national forest. We Barry, you're ha you have listeners that are going to cringe, or think that they didn't hear this right when I say what I'm going to say. But Mendocino County today, August eighth, has the same number of deputy sheriffs as we had when Johnson was president. Essentially, when JFK was assassinated in November of 1963 through 1967. So it's not like I have any extra deputies, but on the other hand, with the amount of trash, with the amount of crimes, the amount of shootings, we have five unsolved homicides in this county that are attributable to, mur or to marijuana one way or the other. So you can't just say that we 
neglected our duties and went up to Mendocino National Forest. Everything, everything is our crime is tied into some of these people who are just abusing our forest. But but let me just continue on that and say the the responsibility of this firmly lies with the federal government. They're not going to say it doesn't, but they don't have the staffing. They just do not. You know, on Mendocino side of the Mendocino National Forest, they have one law enforcement officer. Well, the federal authorities. The federal have authorities, one. Yeah. and 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 that's ludicrous. So the question is, what's the status of your lawsuit against the Mendocino County Board of Supervisors? Well, have you law- filed it yet? No, the lawsuit was removed because the Board of Supervisors understood my plight and said, you're right, Sheriff, we, we can't afford to compromise public safety by laying off those deputy sheriffs. So uh, I'm going to say numbers that many of your listeners don't want to hear but, uh, or, or they don't care about. Our department experiences 12% attrition rate every year. We have for the last um, eight, I'm sorry, uh, 30 months, have we now have a total of 33 vacant positions in the sheriff's office. I have not asked to fill any positions since May of 09. But with a recent um, decision by the governor and the state legislature to return state prisoners to county jails, I'm going to have to start hiring correctional deputies. A sheriff only has four major responsibilities. Maintain a safe and humane jail. Make sure that civil papers are served adequately. Provide protection for our judges and to investigate felonies. Nothing says I have to put a patrol car out there with a deputy sheriff that's making sure our neighborhoods are safe. Just says I have to investigate felonies. That's an expectation. That's, that's, that's a luxury. Unfortunately, that's a luxury. That and we don't get to enjoy right now. Right. In and many places. Which, which uh, gives greater reign, freer reign, to people who choose to uh, violate the law. And thus you have felonies to investigate in some violations and the harm that's done to the citizens along the way. Barry, what are we going to do about I it? I agree with everything you just said. What we're going to do about it? The deputies, they laugh when I say four words. But I, I say these four words over and over. Patrol with a purpose. Use these tax dollars as wisely as you possibly can. Don't drive 20 miles round trip to go get a hamburger from your favorite hamburger stand when you're in a patrol car. If you want to go get that hamburger, that's fine. But find out what crimes have been committed on the way uh, recently. You know, vandalism, burglaries, car thefts. Find out who has a warrant nearby of wherever you're going to go get the hamburger. And go get your darn hamburger. But I want I want your focus to be on improving the quality of public safety, not getting your hamburger. Your hamburger is just an item you're going to get during your normal course of duties. But, but my law enforcement officers get it. My deputy sheriffs get it. Patrol with a purpose. You know, they, um, one of them on a chalkboard put patrol with a porpoise and had a picture of a fish there, a dolphin. And, and you know, it's all funny, but patrol with a purpose. Spend this money wisely because guys and gals it's hard to get from the board of supervisors it's not like the old days in the old days if a deputy sheriff wrecked a car on monday by friday you'd have a new car ordered well when a deputy sheriff wrecks a car today i will put it in next year's budget so i'm talking at least 10 months away from now to even think about replacing that car because government doesn't have the luxury of just doing business the way we have always done business. 
I had an interesting question asked me last week. I was in Washington, D.C. last week, and I was being interviewed regarding the budget crisis. And they said, if you were stuck in an elevator with a state legislature, with a state senator, what would you say to them? And I didn't even have to think about it. Once again, there's people who are listening to this who are going to say, call me names and say I'm wrong. But when government was formed, whether you go back to the Roman Empire or you go to the Founding Fathers for America, there were four basic government services that people expected. Fire, police, roads, schools. Fire, police, roads, schools. And we've allowed government to grow this, to this, this size, this great big monster where we're taking care of many things. People call 911, Barry, to tell us that there's a skunk underneath their porch and they want a deputy sheriff to come to their house and go underneath the porch and get a skunk out from underneath their porch. Well, I'm here to say that as much as I love providing public safety and public service to our citizens, our primary duty is not removing skunks from underneath the porches. And I think that there's this learning level that we as society will have to go through again to say, what do we really expect from government? Do we say mental health should be funded at all costs? Do we say that social services should be funded? Do we go through all these government services and say these are what we want? Well, then that's fine. You know, in a democracy you do. But my bet is it's going to boil down to fire, police, roads, and schools. Because those are four services that everybody uses. You know, some people use mental health, some people don't. Some people use social services, some people don't. So I know I'm preaching to the choir with you, Barry, because you understand our local politics. But my analogy is, is very simplistic. The glass is neither half full or half empty. We as society have allowed the glass to get too big. And now it's halfway down. And with this economic downturn economic crisis, whatever you want to call it, somebody needs to say, let's shrink the size of that glass so it's full again, and we're providing core basic services to our citizenry. And that's what we want to do. So how do you see that being done in your position as sheriff of a, uh, of a county that has a certain amount of notoriety within and beyond uh, its borders? Well, I think it's very clear that since I've not asked to hire since May of 2009, I'm doing what I can to allow the sheriff's office to work smarter, to shrink a little bit and still deliver services to the public. But I, I'm greatly involved in trying to attract businesses to our county, trying to work with other departments to consolidate and say, let's do what we can. We don't need to have three departments doing the same inspections, which we have right now. We need to have a smarter government. If there's anything that a government leader should learn from this economic downturn, it's learn to do better. I hate that phrase, do more with less. Well, that's so easy to say, do more with less. What I'm saying is do more for the same. Just sharpen your pencil of efficiency. Do everything you can to provide public safety, public service in the most efficient manner possible. And that way, you're not going to have citizens complaining about these ridiculous government retirement pension plans. You're not going to have people comparing salaries. You're going to say, listen, I'm getting my money's worth. I'm paying my property tax. I'm paying my sales tax, and I am getting my money's worth. And that's what I want to hear. Do you feel that the citizens have an obligation to meet those particular four policies? Roads, education, police public service, police fire. 
Do I feel the public has a... The citizens, the citizens? Should, should participate. You, you have a search and rescue squad. Right, volunteer. Volunteer. Uh, do you think that there should be more? Well, I'm surely not going to say there should be less, but um, what's unique about any community is you have groups of people who want to help. Some people want to be teachers' aides for volunteer. Some people want to be volunteer crossing guards. Some people, I'm lucky enough to say, want to be voluntary search and rescue members. We had a search in Covalo last month, or I'm sorry, last week, that if we had to pay for the services that our volunteers gave us, it'd be upwards of $75,000. But we, uh, we had air support, we had ground support, we had dogs, we had ATVs. Uh, that was completely voluntary that saved the citizens of this county thousands of dollars. So I think that it's important that our um, that we don't lose concept of the fact that citizens want to help. They really do. So get a good program going and ask, and, and you very possibly are going to find somebody who says, listen, you know, I used to do this. I want to help. Well, then put them to work. So let's uh, take that to another position of what citizens can do. Uh, and that's a tour of the jail. Can people come and get a tour of the jail? Of course, I welcome it. I mean, I, you and I have talked about programs we have in the jail, you know, whether it's our baking program that we've only had one person come back to jail after being certified as a baker, one out of, I think I've certified 20 bakers so far. And how about the conditions at the jail? We hear stories, I hear stories in, in my profession. I welcome. Or two weeks ago, I had a Hispanic reporter that came in, he thought he was going to break the news story of the century, that thought, you know, Hispanics in the jail were not being treated fairly. I said, all right, here's a deal. I'm going to let my jail commander take you into jail, and you can pick anybody you want to talk with and talk to them and ask them. Because um, the stories have been, uh, in my opinion, are greatly exaggerated. But that's just my, my opinion. You know, our, our jail was built in 1985, to be a 20-year temporary jail until this county could build a permanent facility. Well, the temporariness, you know, we're six years six past Six years due, old. And um, we have people who are in jail who 24-7 are figuring out a way to mess with the jail. So when people are in jail, when people are arrested, there's a mugshot taken. That goes up on your website it and does. it stays there. 30 days. It's gone after 30 days. It is. Okay, that... Is that a new policy? No. If people want to ride along with your deputies? I welcome it. I mean, come how, to us. How can someone do that? Go to our webpage, mendocinosheriff.com. And remember, sheriff has one R and two Fs. Mendocinosheriff.com. And you get the phone number of the watch commander and, and call and, and speak. We want to people for people to see what we're doing. However, I'll put this caveat. Um, in the last 24 months, we've reduced our mileage by 20%, and a lot of the reduction in mileage has to do with having deputies double up in cars instead of having two cars with one deputy. I have one car with two deputies. And what's that mileage reduction in miles? 200,000 miles a year, which is a cost of one complete deputy sheriff. So before it was uh, close to a million miles. Right over a million miles a year in our sleepy little county. You know, our, our county's big. 3,510 square miles, our population 87,000, but our deputy sheriffs drive a lot of miles. We're, we're uh, uh, upwards of 80,000 miles a month.
Well, Tom Allman, I thank you for being with us on Radio Curious, and it uh, looks like you grabbed a paper there. Before you tell us about the book, um, tell us about an aha or eureka moment in your life that changed your perspective that you still follow. Um, I think that would have to do with a good friend dying of a heart attack at a fairly young age, of 42, 43 years old, I believe he was. And um, I love my job. I love spending time at the office. I really do. But I'm one of those people that um, I need to get be reminded of the aha moment of um, surround your things, yourself with things that are very important to you and family and friends. Uh, as a law enforcement officer, I make a very strong point to have the vast majority of my friends as non-law enforcement officers. Why is that? Well, I... I um, I feel very comfortable with non-law enforcement officer friends, and I, I've seen law enforcement officers who only, their only friends are other cops. And I think that you're missing a big perspective there, a huge perspective of the community. As, as an elected official, I, I don't want to know just the opinion and perspective of other law enforcement officers. I really know that there's people out there smarter than me and I want to know their perspective, and I get a lot of it. You know, I, I, I hear from people all the time, why don't you guys just do this? I go, that's a pretty smart idea. I think we're going to just do that. So then what would you like to do with the rest of your one precious life? Well, um, I'm going to be um, in this position for at least another three years. Uh, my wife has given me permission already to run for another term. Is that an announcement that you will? Well, it is an announcement um, that I will because I there's many things I want to accomplish in this job that don't have to do with a budget. And right now, that's my day. I, I deal with marijuana and budget day in and day out. And I hope we can get to a point where I can deal with some methamphetamine issues and some domestic violence issues and some issues that affect the vast majority of the citizenry of this county. And finally, Sheriff Tom Allman, is there a book that you could recommend to our listeners? Well, I read a book last week on my way to and from D.C. From the time I left my front door to the time I walked back in my door, I was gone 70 hours. And I went to D.C. and I was in two days of classes, so I was beat. I, I, I read a book which was, uh, I'll be honest, was kind of dry. Um, in the middle of it was kind of tough reading, but it was a really good book. Um, and it was called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And Basically, it talks about how life provides um, situations that can either be good or bad, and it allows some people to succeed and, unfortunately, some people not to succeed. And depending upon luck, depending upon uh, the month of the year you're born and depending on where you, which grade you got in and your age and your SATs and so forth, it was fascinating that some researchers put some time in this and really and truly tried to... Uh, crack the nut of how some people are more successful than the others. I, I would recommend it um, on, the, on the basis that somebody wants to learn about that. But if you're looking for a good fiction, energetic book, this is not the one. And that's Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. You're correct. A thought on a good energetic fiction? I'm sorry. Um, I've been consumed with budgets, and there's nothing fiction about budgets, so I'm... I cannot answer that one. Tom Allman, thanks very much for being with us on Radio Curious. Perry Vogel, you're welcome. 
Tom Ullman is the sheriff of Mendocino County, California. You may hear part one of this series on our website, radiocurious.org. Sheriff Allman was first elected in 2006 and announced in this program that he will be a candidate for re-election in 2014. The book Sheriff Allman recommends is Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. All editions of Radio Curious are free. There are about 400 archive editions on our website, radiocurious.org. Email is curious at radiocurious.org. Or P.O. Box 7, Ukiah, U-K-I-A-H, California 95482. And the phone is 707-462-6541. Christina Anastad is the associate producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening.